0: I'm your host Rachel Kuttner and I'm so glad you're here this podcast will help you find ways to live a more authentic life every week I've guests on the show from yoga teachers to meditation instructors everyone to help you feel like the best you I'm so glad you're here and I hope you enjoy this episode So today on the podcast, I have James Capola. He's a certified personal trainer and owner of an online fitness and coaching company called Zero Shortcuts Training. I'm so excited to chat with James today about fitness and health. So welcome to the podcast.
1: Thank you. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. Um, I know that you and I have been in touch for the last few years, you know, like around like crunch and everything. So I'm glad to see you're doing well and you have your podcast and everything.
0: Thanks. Yeah, I appreciate it. I'm pretty sure we connected because I think we both used to teach kids fitness classes.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was the um, I was the director of a kids fitness um, group in Monroe. Um, I did that for about two to three years. Yep.
0: Yeah. I missed teaching that a little bit. It was kind of fun. I feel like the reason I got into that was just because I felt like kids really needed to move better for like physical benefits, mental benefits. So yeah, that
1: was I mean, absolutely. Um I, I I love my parents to death, but I was just saying this the other day about how they're not the prime examples of health.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: I was overweight myself as a kid. And basically due to like bullying and everything, I basically had to motivate myself to be like no more McDonald's mom. Like I got to join a sports team. I got to do this. I got to do that. Like apparently this is what I have to do. So it's, it really made me think of when my wife and I become parents about how much I'm going to push a healthy lifestyle.
0: Yeah. You guys will totally cover that because you're both personal trainers, right? Yep. Awesome. Yeah. I think, um, it's a little bit crazy because in our culture, you know, we have fast food and we have all of these, um different media messages that are thrown at us about what a diet is or what healthy is. And I think a lot of people are just confused.
1: Of course. Of course. There's there's just some mess of media contradicting each other.
0: Yeah. About what's
1: bad and what's good. Yeah. You have one person saying, Oh, keto's good, and another person saying that like you'll hurt yourself that way. Um, you'll gain the weight back faster if you do it, you might as well just do Whole30, things like that, or you learn to form a certain way and all of a sudden someone flips it on its head. It's, it's, it's really, really annoying and almost dangerous because a person won't stay consistent or they'll end up hurting themselves.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So I kind of want to get into you and, you know, why you're a trainer. You gave us a little bit of an introduction um, about your childhood. So tell me more about you and and what you do
1: yeah so basically since since I was young like 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 I remember just being the guy who people called as far as being like intuitive or for advice I don't know what it was but I was just good at it I was I was good at reading people and I was good at really feeling what they're saying as opposed to just reacting to it so my mom is like, "Oh, you should be a psychiatrist, you should be this, you should be that." And I thought, "Yeah, but that's 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 not really for me." And then throughout the years of me getting bullied when I was younger for being overweight, and I was I was pretty significantly overweight. I I I think I think I was like 230 at like 10 years old around there. So I was pretty big. So then I joined the PTA basketball team, which was like the first movement I ever did. And then I realized how out of shape I was. So I joined the gym and I got a trainer, but he wasn't actually come to think of it. He was terrible. (laughs) (laughs) He was really bad, but I, 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 I just adapted. I did it on my own. I learned on my own. And then before you knew it, I I remember the day I was at my friend Mike's house and I weighed myself and I was like finally in the two and single digits, like, like two Oh nine. So I celebrated, I was happy. And then I got really addicted to it. Mm -hmm. So then I, so then during lunch, um, like in high school, I started to just kind of skip lunch. I mean, not like skip lunch. I would eat it, but I would have it in the, um, phys ed coach's office just to pick his brain and talk to him and everything. And I got really strong. I got really lean. I joined the football and wrestling team and the track team, and I I just never really looked back. I I said, this is what I'm going to do, because if I could do it myself, I can definitely teach other people to do it. So I mixed that intuitive part of me, plus with the drive to get into shape, and I got my degree in exercise science at Manhattan College, and then the day after I graduated, I got my first certification through um, ACSM. And then I I just started working.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. I feel like you're meant to do this. You have like all the pieces that make you a good trainer, like you care about people, you have your own personal story. So that's awesome.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Well,
0: so um, tell me a little bit about what you're doing now. I think it's a really hard time to in the fitness industry, you almost have to do online training to really be able to serve your clients, especially if you live on the East Coast and it's getting colder soon. So tell me a little bit about what you're doing now and um, how you're serving people.
1: Yeah, sure. So there's some sort of notion that people believe that right now there's not a demand for personal trainers because of everything going on. But now more than ever is when we're most needed. Mm-hmm. Because for the people who either don't have access to their gyms or, or just don't want to join for their own health, they have no idea what to do at home. Yeah. No idea. Because at least at the gym, you can kind of make it up. You can grab some weights. You can go on the treadmill. You can do a few machines and you can check off the box that you did it. But now it's like, oh my God, all I have is two bands and just like a living room floor space. What do I do? So basically we got to be like innovative. I've, I've trained two people with zero equipment and I've just had them like deadlifting their couch. I had them doing bridges off their couch. I had them doing um, split squats off uh, like higher step, just, just things like that. I've had them do like scapular like retractions or like pull up holds on like a door frame. You just got to be inventive and you don't, realize what you can do until you try if you just write the narrative to yourself like oh i'm i'm done this 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 whole covid thing is going to blow back and then i'm going to get into shape you'll be so far gone by then with bad habits it's going to take a lot more than the end of covid to bring you back
0: yeah yeah i definitely see that um you know i work with clients too and it's like everybody has been stuck at home for so long and they've fallen off their routine. So they have like so much more to do since they're so behind. I feel like some of my clients struggle with that because they kind of beat themselves up. So, you know, I, I really want to talk about how it's not just the training session that you have to do to be healthy. And I think that would be a good uh, conversation too, because like you said, there's bad habits. You know, you work out for maybe an hour, but what do you do the rest of the day? So let's talk about how, you know, fitness and wellness is not just your workout.
1: Yeah, sure. So pretty much I transitioned from in-person training to just straight online coaching, Mm -hmm. which means like no like face-to-face time training at all. I have maybe five people who insist on it and I just give them what they want. It's fine. It's not making my day any harder. So it's fine. But for the people who... Wanted to adapt to the online coaching. Basically, it's great because it gives them some accountability themselves. I'm I'm giving them the instructions and the play-by-plays, but it's up to them to do it. And like we, we developed an app. And through that, I can see when they start the workout, when they finish the workout, if they have any messages through the app about it. Um, we have bi-weekly zoom meetings to really go over everything from their nutrition to their habits. Um, I try to create structure with them as far as going to bed at the same time, waking up at the same time, having meals a certain time or having an idea of what those meals are going to be. I never do cookie cutter meals or anything like that because that doesn't help anyone. Mm -hmm. Um, if anyone knows how behavioral change or habits work, you have to do it little by little. If you just throw them into something new, they'll end up presenting it and going back. Yep. So it's a big adjustment for them to trust you. I'm not selling any programs until they buy me. Mm -hmm. They have to buy me. They have to trust me. Absolutely. And my programs are anywhere from eight weeks to a year. And basically it's just um, they pay a monthly fee or it's all up front and a lot of the times when when they finally make the investment it 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 speaks a lot more than just a transaction now they have skin in the game now they know that someone has their back
0: yeah absolutely
1: so as far as that accountability goes when when they're out and I'm not with them and they want to get like a second helping of something they they think of what they invested in yeah and that accountability and the fact that they're responsible for doing it themselves changes the mindset entirely
0: yeah I agree with you. I think you said some key points just to human behavior. Like they do need to have some skin in the game. If they're investing, of course, they're going to follow up. They're going to do what they're supposed to do. And and it's also like that they have to trust you. I don't think you can ever work with somebody unless you don't trust them or have rapport. So yeah, yeah totally agree with that too. We said bad habits, right? So what are some of the bad habits? Even if they're putting skin in the game, even if you know they're trusting you, Where do you think people fall short with their fitness and wellness plans? Where, where are they messing up?
1: Sure. So because people are, some people are so far gone with bad habits, as far as like stress eating, bored eating, late night eating, um, not walking enough, et cetera, stuff like that. When they only do two or three consistent days, it feels like a lifetime to them. Yeah. Okay. So they feel like they deserve a reward based on only two to three days because of how hard it was. But realistically, I want like four to six weeks of that. So they end up going perfectly Monday through Friday afternoon. And then Friday night to Sunday, it's back to crap again. And then they have to reverse the cycle and then they feel bad about themselves. And then it takes a harder time to bounce back and a harder time to bounce back because their bad habits are winning over my good habits that I suggested. So I find that I pointed out to them when I see them on like social media and stuff like that and see them out, I call them out and I remind them what they invested in Mm
0: -hmm.
1: and that it's, it's really three or four days during the week is not going to cut it so the bad habits usually come into like i can see like a restaurant of them getting like a giant like pasta dish and bread and stuff like that and wine now like if you were like craving a pasta dish or something that's fine but just like i could just see everything else on the table and i already know their bad habits to begin with
0: Mm -hmm.
1: so it's like i could just see that the effort's not even there and it, it takes a long time it takes a long time for them intrinsically to make that choice and to not just do it because I'm telling them to.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think they really do need to internalize like these healthy behaviors and and the mindset too. I think there's a certain level of self care that goes into being healthy. Like you really do need to want to take care of yourself and and believe that you know health is for you. I feel like everybody you know when they eat bad or whatever, they're like, okay, I'm going to go on a diet or a juice cleanse. I'm going to work out every day. And then they just don't do it anymore. (laughs) Like, it's like these stop start behaviors that I think people think work and they don't.
1: Right, right, right. Because people expect to reverse years of bad behavior in a few days slash weeks. It just doesn't compute that that doesn't happen. Yeah. People who wait the last two weeks before vacation to lose like X amount of weight. It's just like shocking to me how they think that, that, that would work.
0: Yeah, definitely. What I think is like a good uh, topic of conversation is just like the general health benefits of movement. I feel like, especially now, because so many people are using their computers, like we're all on our computers. We have to do this right now. Um, So, you know, some people have like postural issues or a weak core or things that, can really hurt them as far as their general health. So how do you work with people um, as far as that?
1: So as far as my clients who um, I sign up, who I know who are at their computers all day, I have hip opening drills. Mm -hmm. uh, I have breathing drills. I have things to ultimately put them in a better position as they sit. Relaxing the rib cage and putting the pelvis in a proper position while working keeps you in a place that limits the amount of injury, but you have to be aware of it. And that's, and that's what I'm trying to point out. So I do daily drills to kind of open up their hips, strengthen up their glutes, strengthen up their core and make them realize when they're kind of favoring one side or the other.
0: Yeah. Absolutely. I think that's a big thing for people is they they have these imbalances. And then when you put them through a workout, like they're overcompensating in certain areas. And then, you know, the exercises can be painful. So I think just knowing about good posture and good form and, and how everything works together in the body is really important. So I like that you said that.
1: Yeah, yeah. Most people just think that, core training is just the abs. And then I really try to educate them on how much more it dictates your body's overall movement and strength. Yeah, definitely.
0: So I do want to talk about nutrition a little bit more. I know, you yeah. know you're not a certified nutritionist, but nutrition is just such a big piece when it comes to fitness, because I feel like a lot of people, when they talk about results, they want to see the physical results. And while we can work out and we can get stronger. They're not going to see like the lines or the sculpts. And so that's always like a topic of conversation for people. What do you feel like is a good generalized nutrition plan for maybe an adult who is around 30 years old, as far as like, do you want to break down what's appropriate macro wise? Like, how do you work with people to normalize macros
1: or anything? Um, what I do, unless you have a history of like eating disorder, then you have to tread lightly and kind of go about it a different way. Yeah. But what I do is I have to educate them on what portion sizes look like. And there's no other way to do that than to weigh your food for at least few weeks. Yeah. So I don't weigh my food anymore because I know by looking at it how much, how much it is. Yeah. Um, I know how much a tablespoon of something is. I know how much six ounces is. So in the beginning, what gets tracked gets managed and you have to find your basal metabolic rate. And if you want to lose weight from there, then basically you subtract 500 calories from the total calorie amount. And then you use my Power or some sort of app to kind of count that. And sorry, there's no getting away around that. You need accountability. You need to find out what it looks like. Yeah. But once you've created these meals enough and you've seen them, and you understand lots of protein, lots of veggies, what a little bit of fat and carbs, then you'll know what it looks like from, from then on. And then you can kind of carry these habits, but there's no way to do it without checking the app and the scale first. Yeah. From there, you want to have at least that minimum, I say two liters of water per day. I don't know if people drink enough water and based on the amount of, Based on the amount of activity that I want them to do, water is crucial. And one of the biggest things is they need enough sleep. They need about seven, eight hours of sleep because if you don't, then your cortisol levels may rise and this may cause an excess of stress and an excess of body fat. And these are the simple yet complicated factors you have to do when losing weight.
0: Yeah. 100% I think the sleep thing is really big for people I think you know in the culture we live in everybody thinks like work is the priority and if you don't take care of your health you can't actually work so make sure you're sleeping enough make sure you have movement in your day make sure that you know you're checking in with your mental health I feel like all these things are so important but they're often neglected so I agree with you 100% absolutely yeah Awesome. Um, so I have just like a couple more questions. I think, you know, when it comes to a tip, like a, like the best tip that you can give people, if they're starting an exercise routine or they're starting to work with you, what's like the number one tip you can give them?
1: Trust the process.
0: Yeah. Trust
1: the process. Whether, um, whether or not you think that the movements are too slow because you're used to like insanity workouts and stuff like that. And you feel like you have to be dying to have a good workout. Mm. So not true. And the way that you were moving wasn't being efficient at all. You were burning calories, but that's it. Mm -hmm. As far as muscle mass and strength goes, there was barely any because you didn't have a mind muscle connection. You weren't connected with the workout. It didn't serve a purpose. Yeah. So trusting the process. Don't make a mountain out of an anthill. What I mean by that is as far as eating right goes, You don't have to have just like chicken and asparagus for every meal. You can still have what you want for the most part. Just, just be an adult about it and just don't have crap.
0: Yeah. Don't
1: don't have an excess amount. It's really not that hard. You know what to do. I just have to point it out to you again. Yeah. Don't overcomplicate it.
0: Great tips. I think people overcomplicate everything or they don't trust the process. I think that's a huge issue for people is like they question things and they make it harder than it has to be. But, you know, you're professional, like, you know, your shit.
1: So The the reason why they question it is because they want an answer and validation as to why it's not happening to them yet.
0: Yeah. So true. It all comes to the psychological stuff. I know, like, you didn't get in this for the psychological stuff. But Personal training is a psychological thing. Any type of behavior change, any type of, you know, healthy initiative has to do with the way you think. And if you're not flexible in that area, it's just going to show up in the way that your workouts are going and the way that your progress is going. So,
1: yeah. Yeah. But one thing that drives me nuts is when, again, I follow like all my clients on social media. So I know their habits and everything. I know their weekend like rituals and all that. So, like, for the people who are like, I think it's my thyroid and stuff like that. I'm like, stop blaming something else. Hmm. Stop. If you were doing everything I asked you and I witnessed that, then maybe you'd be like, all right, just, just go get a blood test and see what's going on. But you can't BS me in today's world. I know what you're doing.
0: Yeah. It's so true. I mean... <laughs> It's a good and a bad thing, social media, that you could see what everybody's doing all the time, but at least like you can point it out to them and make them aware like, hey, I know that you just had like a huge meal and you're drinking all the time. Like, you can't expect to have results if you don't put the work in. So,
1: yeah. And, and I find that so many people are like, oh, yeah, but you have to live a little. You have to live a little. I'm like, live, go out, have some appetizers, have a beer or two, have a glass of wine or two. But I, I know that you have a history of binging, right? So you're not li- living or binging mm-hmm. people are like, Oh no. Like what should I eat during Thanksgiving during Super Bowl Sunday? I'm like, eat like a normal person, put some stuff on your plate, make some portions on your plate and just don't go nuts. It's not a green light to go nuts. Yeah. And when do so people take that comfort because everyone else is going nuts, mm-hmm. but you've proven that you can't handle that. Right. That's yeah. why you came to me. So until you have a hold on that, and you're like that 80% of the time, then you do have the liberty to kind of go nuts every once in a while and not care because that 80% is going to be your backup with the somewhat bad behavior you're gonna do with that 20.
0: Yeah, I agree with you completely. I have one more question. I know that like your own story is just such a cool personal transformation story, but do you have a, a client that really wowed you and, you know, made you like, wow, this work is amazing. Like, I know everybody has that, like one or two clients that just have like huge transformation stories. Is there any? Yeah.
1: yeah, yeah. Hands down. And if he sees this, he knows I'm going to talk about him. Um, my client Menzel, who right now is not my current client, but I still talk to him very, very close. Yeah. He came to me over like 200, 295, 300 pounds. And I remember sitting with him and usually I take like half an hour or so with my consultations. We took like an hour and a half, just, just really getting in there. And I remember when he first came, he had trouble walking up the stairs. I pretty much the only things I could do with him were TRX supported squats, some high incline pushups, some rows and walks around the gym. So the dude started meal prepping right away without me even asking him, which I thought was awesome. He walked to the gym with a two-hour walk every morning. Damn, two hours, and he just—I—I I remember every milestone. I remember two seventy-five. I remember two sixty-five. I remember two fifty. I remember how excited he was for two fifty. I remember two forty, two thirty, and and just he. He still amazes me because he still walks for around two and a half hours every morning at like 5 a.m. I remember one time he walked like 26 miles, which is basically a marathon. He walked a marathon. Yeah. He took a cab back, but but he, he, he did it. And I really found I, I commend him so much because he walked just for the purpose of walking. I used to hit 10,000 plus steps just for my uh, commuter and everything alone. But walking for the sake of walking is hard. Hmm. There's one thing that COVID taught me and everything. Like, like I have to remember to walk. And, and then I feel like I walk so long. And I look and I'm like, how is that only 5,000 steps? So I commend him so much. Yeah. And he's, he's one of the hardest workers I know.
0: That's awesome. Very cool story. That's one thing about coaching too, is I feel like as a trainer or anybody works in the coaching world, like you're definitely cheering people on, like you're, you're rooting for them and just having that alone is valuable. And, um, you know, I I feel like sometimes people just want somebody else to, to kind of give them like that kudos. Like we very rarely like congratulate ourselves. So when somebody else like has your back and is rooting you on, like, I feel like that's powerful.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I mean, when, when they tell me how much of, and when they tell me how much of an inspiration I was to them and everything that, that, that really helps me that feedback. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah. So what do you think is the coolest part about the work you do besides like personal wins for people Is there anything else that just really makes you happy about the work you do?
1: Yeah. I mean, like once you get rid of like the overthinking and you kind of just go with it, Mm -hmm. it's just such like a free open job to inspire people. You don't like, yeah, the schedules and stuff are good, but just like outside of schedule and structure, you could just like, you could talk about this one day. You could talk about this one day. You have people that trust you that will listen to you. Mm -hmm. And there's just an unlimited amount of information that I could bring up and dictate to the people that trust me. Mm-hmm. And I feel like there's a lot of jobs in this world that like, you can't do that or you won't have as much of a voice to do that. And I can influence more people or change more people's outlook on certain things.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And,
1: and, and the fact that I get to share that with my wife is great.
0: Yeah. So do you guys work together?
1: So we're, um, so we're under the same LLC, but different brands. Okay. I'm zero shortcuts training and, and she's efficiently fit.
0: Okay. Mm -hmm. Cool. So do you ever train couples? I know that's like a weird question, but some people like that. Um, do you guys just do individual training or group training? How do you work?
1: Um, I train multiple wives and their husbands, but for the most part separately. Yeah. Just cause their goals could be drastically different. So true. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I'm not opposed to group training. It's just a lot of people insist on the one-on-one.
0: For sure. I think it, it's kind of necessary to do individual training because everybody has like different limitations or different goals, like you said. So sometimes it's it's definitely more beneficial to just work one-on-one. Yep. Well. Cool. I'm really glad you came on the show. I love talking to you. Thank you so much for your time and all your knowledge. It's been great.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you for having me, Rachel. That was great. Hey
0: friend, thanks for checking out this episode of the Solutions Podcast. For more episodes just like this, be sure to subscribe. And if you want to follow us on Instagram, we're at solutionspod. Thanks again for listening and be sure to check out our next episode.